Life Audio. What does the life of a woman who killed a man by driving a tent stake through his head tell us about moving forward in life when it would be easier to stay where we are and die? We've got some crazy stories in the Bible. You go back to the Old Testament, stories that maybe you're not even familiar with. This is one of them. And there is a woman, only two women in the Bible that the Bible refers to as blessed among women. And this is one of them. It's a crazy story, but it's a great story of how we can move forward in an important way. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. It would be lonely if I thought no one was listening. So thank you for joining. If you have not yet subscribed to this show, please do that right now. Whatever platform you're listening from, there's a place to either subscribe or to follow. Make sure that you do that. That's how you'll know when new content comes online. And I push this uh, this podcast out every single week, typically on Wednesday. I think it's been on Wednesday every single week. And I want to make sure that you have it as soon as it is available, which is early on Wednesday morning. So please go ahead and subscribe and then take some time. Go to jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. And there you'll find out uh, as much as you want to about me, but you'll also have the opportunity to connect to my socials as well as my YouTube channel, as well as my blog and other podcasts that I'm involved in. It's all there, jeremystalnecker.com. So please subscribe and then go and check that out. And that would be fantastic. I believe one of the big challenges that we have when we talk about moving forward is that it is possible (laughs) to find comfort and even some degree of safety in the neutral. That area between moving forward and saying that we're moving back, I would argue that if you're not moving forward, you are moving back. But it's possible for us to look at our circumstance and and say something like this. I may not be moving forward, 
But I'm not going backwards either. It's safe where I am. I've found a place of balance. I have found a place of equilibrium. We can say that and we can talk about that as much as we want to. And uh, we might do that. Uh, It's easy to convince ourselves that not doing anything is the right thing to do. I'm all for being thoughtful. I am a big fan of, of gathering information and coming to good, strong, solid conclusions before acting. But we need to gather information, not as a way to stall, but as a way to begin to move forward. And yet often it's, it's easy for us to just find a middle ground and say, this is where I am. We have a great story in the Old Testament that you may or may not be familiar with. I um I love this story, and I'm not going to lie. Um, one of my children, one of my daughters, her middle name is taken from the main character in the story. Uh, I love this story. I love the actions of the woman that uh, we're going to talk about today. Um, a woman by the name of J.L. If you're not familiar with J.L., she uh, was an extraordinary woman. The Bible doesn't say much about her, but it says that she was blessed among women. Uh, only one other person that the Bible refers to in that way, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, it's crazy. All of the women that we have recorded for us in the Bible, Old and New Testament, only one was given that moniker, blessed among or blessed above women. And uh, that's this woman, JL, who we're going to look at here in just a minute. If you haven't uh, ever heard this story, it's it's found in the book of Judges, and it comes at the end of a major battle. Uh, Deborah is a, another woman in the Bible, one of the judges. You may be familiar with the story of Deborah. Uh, but Deborah is the person, a judge, that is responsible for leading the nation of Israel into a battle. I've explained in the past that uh, the, the children of Israel, they went through this, this process over and over again. This process of following God, living for God, doing what God wanted them to do, experiencing His blessing as a result of that then sinning against God, then outright rejecting God. (laughs) Then there was some degree of slavery, oppression. A judge would come on the scene and bring them back to a place of honoring God again. Uh, We see that cycle repeated again and again. And that took place until uh, King David, uh, or uh, King Saul, rather, came on the scene. And then he was replaced by David. The era of kings replaced that of the judges over time. And so we see that happening. And in Judges uh, chapter number four, I'll turn there in my Bible. I have it right here. I forgot to turn there before we started, so I'm doing it right now. Judges chapter four, uh, we have this story laid out for us in uh, Judges, Judges, Judges. Have you ever been asked to turn somewhere in your Bible? And it took you longer than it should have, and you felt bad about it. This is one of those moments for me. All right, Judges chapter 4. We have this story recorded for us. Uh, I'll read a few of these verses just to give us context. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Ehud was uh, one of the judges. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Harosheth of the Gentiles and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord for he had 900 chariots of iron and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. Okay, important part right here. Uh, they sinned against God. We talked about that. Uh, the Bible says God sold them <laughs> uh, into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera. 
So uh, the children of Israel become slaves of the king of Canaan, but they're ruled by his captain, by the head of his military, a guy by the name of Sisera. Okay, Sisera, this becomes important later on in the story. They, they that is the children of Israel, cry out to God and ask for deliverance uh, in verse number three. Verse number four, and Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at the time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. For she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh, Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun. And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. So, I won't read all the verses. Deborah says to Barak, who is the general over the nation of Israel's army, um, gather your army, get them together, we're going to fight, and we're going to get Sisera. Uh, God's going to work on our behalf, and Sisera is going to come to us. They have a battle, they fight it out, and the nation of Israel is victorious. And uh, Sisera, this guy, <laughs> sacrifices his army, but gets away. All right. Uh, verse number 16, but Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harosheth of the Gentiles and all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. How be it Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael the wife of Heber, the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazer, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. His army's gone. They either were killed or killed themselves. They weren't going to be taken alive. Uh, they were probably given this command by Sisera, who didn't follow along. He escaped. And where he went, uh, the Bible says, was to this group of people, this tribe, if you will, where there was peace. Uh, neither the nation of Israel nor Sisera's army were against them. They were at peace with both. And Sisera went there to hide. He, he felt like this was a safe place, a neutral place, a place where they were neither for him or against him, but he would be safe. Verse 18. And Jael, Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn into me. Fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Again, he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent. This woman was crazy. <laughs> a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it unto the ground for he was fast asleep and weary so he died and behold as Barak pursued Sisera jail came out to meet him and said unto him come and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest and when he came into her tent behold Sisera lay dead and the nail was in his temples so God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel 
And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. That's a crazy story. God uses this woman who was in the neutral territory. A woman who was neither for nor against what was happening, was neither pro-Israel or pro-Israel's enemies. And God used her in an amazing way. I like this story for so many reasons. And there's so many great lessons to be learned here. Um, even if it's just because it's one of those stories that you step back and go, that's, that's kind of crazy, <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, that's in the Bible, but it is in the Bible. Um, but it's a story about someone who had to make a decision. I love looking at characters of the Bible <clears throat> And being reminded that they were just like us, in a sense. When faced with a decision, they had to make one. It's not possible to simply be passive. You don't just go along. You are always making a decision. Will I move forward? Will I not? That's a decision that you make. And so often, as we discuss on this show, uh, the decision is to stay where you are and die emotionally and relationally and spiritually, to give up, to quit, to say the obstacle is too big, the trauma, the trial, uh, what's out in front of me, it's all too big. Or, Or it's the fear of the unknown. If I keep moving forward, I don't know what I will come in contact with. I know what's here, and I'm okay with that. Uh, It is possible to make the decision to give up. Make the decision to stay where you are and die. But make no mistake, it is a decision. We are not neutral. And if you have any desire in your heart at all to move forward, you're going to have to do it intentionally. That's exactly what JL did. We find in the life of this woman... Um, man, what an incredible story. Again, there's much more to be said about her, but we find a few principles that we can take on board for ourselves. What made her someone who was useful to God? Number one, she finally stopped being neutral and took a stand with the people of God. This is so significant. (laughs) She stopped being neutral. Now, the Bible says she was neutral, and she was married to someone who was neutral, and she was in a tribe that was neutral and in an area that was neutral. So she was, by definition, neutral. But when given the opportunity to stand with the people of God, she stopped being neutral. Let me just say right here as kind of an aside, and this is more about Christianity generally than it is individually moving forward, but Christianity generally, I believe in the United States, is struggling with this point right here. We as Christians, at least culturally here in the United States, we have decided that what we want to be is neutral. What we want to do is neither take a side for or against the work of God or for or against culture. We want to worship privately so that we don't offend publicly. And what that means is we're sitting in a middle place where really we're allowing our silence to endorse those things that are against God. When given the choice 
we must always stand with the people of God. Now, not if they're doing something that is against God, but as those who are living for God and standing up for God and living their lives according to God's will and plan for them. As they stand up, we need to stand with them. We need to stop being neutral as Christians. But we need to stop being neutral in our lives. We need to ask the question, where is God working? What is God doing? Who's going forward for God? And get next to them. Make a decision to stop being neutral. So often I discuss this. So often we talk about this. But the decision to stay where you are is a decision to reject God's revealed plan for your life. You say, Jeremy, how can you know God's revealed plan for my life? Uh, Look, I don't know what job God wants you to have or uh, who he wants you to be in relationship with or where he wants you to live. I can't know that. But I do know from the Bible, God's revealed will to all of us is that he has a plan for us to have a relationship with him. He has a plan for us to follow him, to abide with him, John chapter 15 says, to live for him, to be used by him, to share the good news of Jesus with the rest of the world. There are so many things listed out for us in the Bible that are God's revealed will to us. And if if we decide to stay where we are, we're not siding with God. We're deciding to just follow or pursue our own will look as hard as things can be and they certainly can be hard they can be extremely difficult overwhelming we need to be committed to doing what god wants us to do let me explain to you how this works when our commitment is to god and our commitment is to god's plan and our commitment is to god's will The thousand other decisions we think we need to make go away. Why do they go away? They go away because we've made one decision that carries us forward instead of dabbling with the thousands of other decisions that would hold us back. Jill, she had to make a decision here. She had an opportunity to to hide the enemy of God's people But instead, she got off the fence, so to speak. And she said, I'm going to do what I can do right now. We continue looking at her story and we realize this has come up throughout the characters that we've considered. Uh, She was also very courageous. Can you imagine the degree of courage that was needed? Not only was she getting ready to kill the leader (laughs) of a very powerful nation's army. So that alone would require courage. But she really had no idea what the fallout from that would would be. Uh, The Bible a couple times mentions her husband and the relationship that he had in really trying to be neutral and probably doing commerce and the other things that they were doing, how this would impact him and how he would respond to her and how then they would be treated by others. She had no idea what the fallout of all of that would be. Honestly, she had no idea what the fallout would be when she went to Barak, the nation of Israel's general, and told him what happened. Not to mention (laughs) the actual act of taking Sisera's life. She was courageous. I think that sometimes we believe if we are doing the right thing, 
the thing that God wants us to do, that he has set before us, we're taking that next step, we're marching. If we're doing that, it's going to be easy or at least clear. It's going to make a lot of sense. All of the pieces are going to add up. Everything will work out on paper before an action is taken. It's going to be right there in front of us. But courage is needed to follow God and courage is needed to take the next step forward because we don't know how it's all going to work out. But we've made the decision to side with God and His plan for our lives and for the lives of those around us. And so we're going to take the next step. She was courageous. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 says it this way. What shall we say to these things. (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? At the dark and difficult moments of our lives, if we have a relationship with God through Christ, we need to hang on to that truth. What shall we say to these things? Romans chapter 8, it lists all kinds of stuff that can come into our lives, things we have to deal with. What shall we say to to these things? How do we respond to all of the potential trauma and difficulty and trial and brokenness and hurt? How do we respond to all of that? Well, if God's for us, then who can possibly be against us? I'll tell you today, you need to know that God is for you. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We've got to get to the point where we can separate how we feel from what we know to be true. We feel afraid. We feel anxious. We feel uh, overwhelmed. We feel as though it would be impossible to move forward. We feel as though nothing good can come from whatever is in front of us or that we can't possibly deal with the trauma of the past, the hurt of the past, the obstacles of the future. We feel those things, but what we know to be true is that if we are in Christ, we have a relationship with God through Christ, we're in Christ. Greater is He that is in us, that is the Holy Spirit of God, than He that is in the world. And if He's for us, then who can possibly be against us? And we have to make a decision then to follow what we know to be true instead of what we feel. If what we feel is contrary to what we know to be true. JL demonstrated extreme courage without much great information. She knew that Cicero was a bad dude. She knew that he was against the people of God. She knew that the people of God were chasing him. She knew that she could do something about it. But she was not in a great position to know what was going to happen after she did. One question that I have had as I've read this story and thought about this is, why didn't she just go and tell Barak where he was? Let them come and take care of it. Why did she feel as though she needed to end his life? I wonder if perhaps she was afraid he would leave, he would be gone. She had an opportunity and she needed to seize that opportunity. Whatever it was, Again, the Bible records that she was blessed. If you work on through the book of Judges, uh, Deborah, the judge, sings a song and talks about 
JL and how blessed she was for doing what God had set in front of her. She was courageous. We see also, number three, that she was faithful. She was faithful. She did what she did. (laughs) And she followed through. By follow through, I mean she killed Sisera in the tent and then took responsibility for it. She went and told Bayrak. She would have told her husband, who was Bayrak's friend. She continued to move forward and allow others to know that she was siding with the people of God. She could have taken Sisera's life and done the thing that needed to be done and then said anything she wanted to say. She could have said she came into the tent and that's where she found him. She could have dragged his body off somewhere else. It doesn't seem like there was anyone around watching this happen. There are a lot of other things that could have happened. But she wanted the people of God to know where she stood. James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. She did what she did for the glory of God, and she made sure that everyone knew it. She was faithful. This is a a crazy story, (laughs) but it is an incredible story. Because one more time, it illustrates what a normal person like you and me, who found herself in an extraordinary circumstance, it demonstrates what she was capable of doing. What that does for me is it demonstrates what I am capable of doing when I find myself in those extraordinary circumstances of life particularly those circumstances where it would be easier to just say, I'm in neutral territory. I found some equilibrium. Everything's in balance. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be for or against. But when I have an opportunity to stand up with the people of God, to do the hard thing that requires courage, but that will glorify God, to be faithful. Perhaps the most difficult thing you can do, the thing that requires the most courage, that absolutely requires faithfulness, is putting one foot in front of the other. Saying, God, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know where this thing is going to take me. I I don't know how all of this is going to work out. I don't have it figured out. I don't know how people are going to respond. But God, I believe that you have a place you're taking me to and I need to just start moving. To say that life is easy, to pretend like it's easy, to pretend like a relationship with God (laughs) takes away the pain or the persecution or the difficulty, it's just not true. But to know that when we have a relationship with God and we live out of that relationship with God, 
doing what he's called us to do, taking those steps forward, uh, allowing him to deal with the trauma and the trial and the hurt and the brokenness. Moving forward, even when we can't see the end, we don't know what the final destination may look like, but continuing on for God and his glory. Life won't be easy, but we'll have all the resources we need to do exactly what he wants us to do. And for that, I'm very thankful. The story of JL and the nail. (laughs) What a crazy story. What a great illustration of someone who said, now's the time to get off the fence and move forward. I hope that's an encouragement to you. That's a a great story. Read the whole thing. Uh, Judges chapter 4. Read Judges chapter 4, 5, and 6. Retells the story. It's great. And uh, you'll be encouraged with that. Take some time. And I ask you to do this every week, but take some time. Go over to lifeaudio.com. You can find other great podcasts there and uh, some great podcasts, podcast hosts, wonderful topics, all faith-focused, and you will be encouraged with that. That's where this podcast is hosted and uh, grateful for the relationship with Life Audio. And before we end today, I will remind you, as I do every single episode, when the bullets are coming your direction, uh, the figurative bullets, hopefully not real, when the world seems to be falling apart or blowing up around you, you only have two choices. You can stay where you are and die, or you can march. What are you going Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at LifeAudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.